Hi, and welcome to my podcast. I'm Dr. John Cook. I'm so glad you joined us today as we continue our series on Systematic Theology 2. Our study takes us to lesson number 29. We will deal with the doctrine of the church. We'll get into our study right after this. I want to say right from the start that nothing that I say is original with me. In fact, I don't think any preacher can say anything that is original. The Bible says there is nothing new under the sun. My daddy used to tell me that if it's new, it isn't true, and if it's true, it isn't new. So I just accept the fact that I'm simply going to be repeating what somebody else has found already. We now join in progress part three of our study on systematic theology, lesson number 29 on the doctrine of the church. The purpose of deacons in the church was to assist the pastors. This we find in Acts chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. It says, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. They were needed at that time to aid those that were the spiritual leaders in the church. Those spiritual leaders needed to be involved with prayer and ministry of the word and not to be taken away from this very important business. Still, there was a need for someone to look out for the widows in the church to wait on tables. That need was met by the choosing of spiritual men to serve the Lord by serving the tables. Far from being a menial task, an unimportant task, it was a task that God called them to serve in. This responsibility was so important that it needed a spiritual man to carry it out. Look at the qualifications for deacons as they are given in the Bible. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 13, for example. And let these also be proved. Then let them use the office of a deacon, being found blameless. Even so must their wives be grave, not slanderers, sober, faithful in all things. Let the deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their own houses well. For they that have used the office of a deacon well, purchase to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. These servants of the Lord had an important responsibility to carry out, and they still do today. Carrying out that responsibility faithfully earns rewards at the judgment seat of Christ. The church is to remain faithful to the apostolic doctrine, even as the early Christians did. Look at Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. It says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. The Bible, the word of God, is to be the final authority for all that we believe and practice within the local church. Timothy, a young pastor, is told to continue in the scriptures. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. Paul says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, 
knowing of whom thou hast heard them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. There is no question but what Timothy had the scriptures in his possession and that he was to continue in them. When we continue in the scriptures, we continue in the very words of God. Verse 16 tells us that they are profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. It is the word of God that we are told to study in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. Look at it. Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If we do not study the word of God, we will be ashamed because we will not rightly divide the word of truth. There are many who choose to put their own ideas in Scripture, but we are not to be of that crowd. We are to believe the Scriptures for what they say, where they say it to whom they say it, and then we will rightly divide the word of truth. The believers were called Christians first at Antioch. Look at Acts chapter 11 and verse 26. It says, And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. This then became a title, the word Christian, that would be applied to believers. Later we find King Agrippa using that same word in Acts chapter 26 and verse 28. Agrippa says to Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Those early believers were so much like the Savior that this world said Christ was in them. And they were a reflection of the Lord Jesus Christ to this world. Would the world say the same about the church today? Sorry to say many churches today are so far removed from the Savior, he's not even present. Because he's on the outside seeking admittance which we read about in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, where he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. The church is Christ's body. Christ is the head of the church. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23 says, And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all. As the body of the Lord, we are to walk according to the leadership of our head, which is Christ. What this world should see inside the church is that we are full of the Lord Jesus Christ and that he is in complete control of us, that the church is doing God's will. 
while we may not attain unto this 100%, as long as we are in this body of flesh, that should be our goal and purpose in our service to the Lord. We are members of his body, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 14. Look at it. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. As members of his body, we are to fulfill the responsibility that God gives to us. We are not all the same. We do not all serve the same purpose, but we all have one goal in mind, and that is the care for the body which belongs to the Lord. That means we do not live selfish, self-centered lives, but we live Christ-centered lives. Christ is our head. We are members of his body, and we are to obey him as our head. Think what a mess we would be in if our members of our physical body did not obey our physical head. Even so, when the church does not obey the Lord as our head, we make a mess out of the church. This world sees enough bickering and fighting in its midst. They certainly do not need to come to church to see it. We are to live to glorify the Savior. Our service is supposed to glorify God. If we do not glorify the Savior, then we fail in our job and responsibility. Only through the glorification of the Savior can we bring others to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. So let's live in obedience in the church to our head, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we have been called. The Bible says, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body and one Spirit, even as you're called in one hope of your calling. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 4 tells us, we are to walk worthy, speaking the truth in love growing up into him, our Savior, in all things. He is our head. That's the Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16 tells us, God wants us to love one another, just as Christ loved us. He also wants us to forgive one another, just as Christ hath forgiven us. Only when we walk in love one toward another, and in obedience to the Savior, are we walking worthy of our vocation, wherewith we have been called. These, then, are the church's responsibility and calling. Question, are we obeying? our head, 
or not. The Lord's church is referred to in scripture in many ways. One of those, it is called a holy temple in the Lord. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 20 through 21. It's also called God's husbandry and God's building. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 9. Timothy is told that he needed to behave himself in the house of God. And God gave him instructions as to how to do exactly that. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. It says, but if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. So the house of God is the church of the living God. And we certainly need to behave ourselves in the church of God. Remember, the church is not just some physical building. It is the called out assembly of born again, baptized believers. We've been called out to reach this world for the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, this is John Cook again. I want to thank you for joining us in this podcast. I encourage you to join us in the next podcast as we continue our series on Systematic Theology 2. Hey, while you're here, why don't you click that subscribe button and follow us, and you'll be notified just as soon as another podcast is released. Appreciate it. God bless.